everyone. Welcome to another edition of Daily in the Word. This is Rich Chassie. I am your host and teacher. We're glad that you're with us today as we enter into chapter 4 of the book of Philippians. We're already nearing the end of our time together in the book of Philippians. And today we see two very contrasting issues. One has to do with some disagreement and some disunion that was going on in the church that Paul had been addressing in more of a generic way. And then now, here at the beginning of chapter 4, he he tries to tackle it head on. And then we come to another familiar passage of Scripture that has to do with anxiety and prayer. You may already know what this passage is before we even go any further than that. So let's go ahead and dive into the reading. And we're going to begin in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 1. We'll be reading through verse 9. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul begins this section by reminding them of his love for them and how he longed for them and how he considered the people there in Philippi, the church there, to be his joy and his crown. And he tells them to stand firm in the Lord in this way. And that sets up what he is about to say in confronting two specifically named females. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche. Now, these two had been involved in the ministry there in Philippi with Paul and also with a fellow that he calls my true companion, This must have been someone there in the church who was by Paul's side, along with Euodia and Syntyche, along with Clement, the rest of my co-workers, he says, whose names are in the book of life. So all of these are fellow believers. Euodia and Syntyche are not in danger here of somehow losing their salvation, but they are in danger of causing division within the church. They are causing harm to the church because they couldn't get along. And 
he mentions something to this effect in chapter 1, certainly in chapter 2, the beginning of chapter 2, and now he is confronting them head on, talking about how their selfishness and their own self-interest is causing harm to the name of Christ there at the church in Philippi. And he tells them, I want you two to work this out. He doesn't tell us what the issue was. We're not privy to that. And in Paul's mind, whatever was at issue wasn't even important. What was important was that these two ladies would figure it out and learn how to get along. And we have no clue the outcome of that. We don't know if Euodia and Syntyche were able to work this out or if there was somehow some sort of split along the way as a result of this. He goes on from there. Rejoice in the Lord always. Would have been hard to switch gears going from this admonition, this warning to these two dear saints, to now saying rejoice in the Lord always, and I'm going to say it again, rejoice, but that was Paul. No matter the difficulty of the circumstances, he was always able to rejoice and to tell others to do the same. And in verse 5, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. And that's a command for all of us. And I think maybe it would also fit with the two ladies in the previous few verses. But it's true in all of our relationships. We need a good dose of, of gentleness, of kindness. And one of his reasons for that is because the Lord is near. This is more than likely a reference to the nearness of the rapture of the church, if you will, more than it is that the Lord is near because his presence is always with us. This would have been common language to remind that the Lord's coming is near, it is at hand. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's close in time, as in it's going to happen like the next day or two, but that it's always on the doorstep. It's imminent. And that's something that we need to remember when we think of the rapture, when we think of the Lord's coming in that way, that it's imminent. It is always at hand. It's always around the corner. It's always just through the door. And we don't know when it will happen, but it's always near. And then in verse 6, he goes on, he says, do not be anxious about anything, which is, again, hard to do. And he's not talking about caring for people. He's not talking about a concern that we might have for a situation or for a relationship. That's not what he's talking about. It's going that next step and not trusting the Lord. Being anxious or worrying about something is trying to take it into my own hands, that in my own mental gymnastics through my worry, it's demonstrating a lack of putting it into God's hands and trusting him with it and thinking that somehow because I'm worked up about it, that that's going to somehow impact the situation or the circumstance or the relationship or whatever it is that we're anxious about or worried about. And he gives a, a solution to that. But in every situation, he says, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And he's talking about several different aspects of prayer here, and I, I don't want to get into trying to figure out what each word meant, but certainly we need to bring our requests to God. We need to approach him in a way that suggests that, yes, Lord, I am trusting you, and part of that is me bringing these requests to you. 
And Lord, I'm going to do it with thanksgiving because I know that you've got my best interests at heart. I know that you're taking care of me. I know that you're providing for me. Lord, I'm just going to trust you with that. And that, in a sense, should deal with our anxiety, our worry. He says in verse 7, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we take it to the Lord in prayer and truly trust him in that, we will be graced with the peace of God that other people may not even be able to understand. Sometimes we we are witnesses to people who are going through some horrific circumstances, and yet they have a peace about them. They may even have a joy about them that is hard to explain or hard for us to understand. And that is because of the dynamic, the relationship that they have with the Lord and in trusting him. It says that this peace will guard your hearts, it will build a garrison, literally, around your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so that's the answer to our worry, our anxiety. And I know that that can be difficult for some people. For some people, their anxiety gets a hold of their heart, and it's so hard to let go. But daily, we need to trust in him as evidenced in our prayers, as evidenced in the way that we give thanks, and evidenced in the way that we trust him. And the more that we will do that on a day-by-day basis, sometimes hour-by-hour basis, the Lord will build that garrison around our hearts, and we will have victory over that anxiety and that worry that we have. Finally, he says, verse 8, and he's getting toward the end of his letter now. Brothers and sisters, he says, whatever is true, and these are, these are mental things that we need to take note of. Whatever is true, the truth is important. Whatever is noble, high standard, whatever is right, there are things that are right. We need to focus on those things. Whatever is pure and innocent, whatever is lovely, is beautiful, whatever is admirable, If there is anything excellent or anything praiseworthy, these are the things that we need to fill our minds with. Think about such things. And I think this is also related to the anxiety that he brought up in verse 6. Focusing on these things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, the things that are excellent, the things that are praiseworthy. When we dwell on those things, that's going to have an impact in our thought life. And then he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, I have set this example. It wasn't all just talk, but you've seen me live it out. Now put it into practice. And when you do that, the peace of God will be with you. So I think all of this is related when it comes to the idea of do not be anxious about anything. Don't be worried about these things. And you take it to the Lord in prayer, demonstrating that you're trusting in him, that you're giving thanks to him in all of it, and that you're focusing your mind's thoughts on the things that are true and right and lovely and admirable and all these things. And then you're putting them into practice. You're not just reading about them. You're not just talking about them in your small group, but you're also putting them into practice. 
you're marking those people in your life that you can model your life after. And you choose people who aren't so caught up in worry and anxiety. You choose people who demonstrate peace and joy and love and all the things, the fruit of the Spirit. And and, and you say, Lord, I want to be like that. You put it in practice. And again, that peace of God will be with you. So Lord, today we pray and we ask you, Lord, to make us like Paul in that sense, or like the people in our lives that we would look to it, to them and, and say, Lord, I, I, I want to be like that person. I want to be like those people because they live it out. For them, it's genuine. It's sincere. And I want to follow their example. Not that I want to be like them and, and have the same personality. I want to be myself, Lord, but I want to, I want my life to, to demonstrate the trust that they demonstrate in you. Let my life be trusting in you. Lord, may I bring these requests that so cause my heart to be concerned or worried or filled with anxiety. Help me to trust you with those things. Help me to lay them at your feet and trust you. Help me to be a person who gives thanks in spite of my circumstance. Help me to focus my mind on the things that are right and true and pure and lovely and admirable and all of these things, excellent things, praiseworthy things. May my mind be focused on those things. And Lord, we also pray that you would help us to follow your lead in terms of our relationships with people who perhaps we may be in conflict with that we would set aside our own selves, our selfish desires or wants or what we thought was important or how I was offended, and instead be ready to extend grace and forgiveness and peace so that we wouldn't be like Yodia and Syntyche, who now have to go through all of history being labeled as these two ladies who couldn't get along and we don't even know the reason why. But Lord, may I not have that kind of legacy. Help me to be a sweet and gentle and loving and forgiving kind of a person who wouldn't hold a grudge, but wants to let it go for the sake of peace, for the sake of the church, for the sake of your testimony in the world, help me to be that kind of person. Lord, I love you, and I praise you, and I ask all of these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you again for listening today on Daily in the Word. I hope that as we make our way through the book of Philippians, that it is making an impact in your life and maybe in the life of people that you are encouraging to listen in and join with us as we are making our way first through the Gospel of John, Season 1, and now here in Season 2 in the book of Philippians. And soon we will be starting Season 3, which will take place in the book of Genesis. So we've got one more episode here in Philippians, and then we'll be 
off to our journey in the book of Genesis, and I hope that you're looking forward to that as well. I know I am. Genesis is always a great book. They're all wonderful books to spend time and studying, getting to know the Lord, and hopefully we're not just reading to read it, but that we're reading to understand it and to apply it and to recognize that these are the words of God, and they're words of truth, and they make an impact in our life. When we don't even recognize it, they still make an impact in our life. That's the power of the Word of God. So again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next time here on Daily in the Word. Have a great day.